Well, praise the Lord. Sorry, I don't mean to blast you out here. How's everybody? I love getting to come to Florence and see you guys. It's just a wonderful opportunity to share Jesus together. Amen. Let's lift our hands up. Father, I just thank you today. Start with the most needy person in this room and speak to them and help them and lift them up. And then the most, the next most needy. Until all of us have been touched today by your precious Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, we welcome you. And we acknowledge before these precious people that without you, we can do nothing. For it is not by our might, it is not by our ability, but it is by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're always welcome. Not only are you welcome, we invite you to come. Touch every life, walk up and down every aisle, Jesus. Let every heart in this house be a receptive heart, every ear a listening ear. When we leave today, we want to be able to say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord, which is the pillar and ground of the truth. We thank you for your wonderful church, the universal church. We thank you also for this local church. I pray today each one will be strengthened with might in their inward man. They'll be encouraged. They'll receive vision. Thank you for your wonderful, precious word. A lamp unto our feet. A light unto our pathway. The entrance of your word, it brings us light. It brings us revelation. And I thank you for inspiration to minister this precious word. For it's in the name that's above every name the only name whereby we can be saved, the name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. What a joy to be here. I love, of course, Pastor Steve and all of their family and all of you. I, I really enjoy, I, I, my grandson came with me today. Walt, would you stand up? I'm so proud of him, and I told him how much I enjoy coming up here. And I'm ha happy to have him with me on this trip. And uh, I think I have something that I really, I wish I'd have heard this when I was a young man. Do, do you know what I mean by that sometimes? Interestingly, I, um, I was preparing for a Wednesday night service at our church. I do prayer life at our church on Wednesday nights. And... Um, I had gone home to just relax a little bit before church. Actually, you'll probably laugh at this. I pulled out my iPhone and was just playing a little game, sitting there, just getting ready for the night service. I'd already prayed, I'd already prepared, I was already ready. And I'll just relax in a moment. When the word of the Lord came to me, aren't you, aren't you grateful for the word of the Lord? If you are, lift up your right hand and just say, I'm grateful for the word of the Lord when the word of the Lord comes to me. Amen. And the word of the Lord came to me and said, sometimes when God wants to do something bigger for us, 
He asks for something lesser of us. So I want to, I want to share this because years ago when I was in the piano and organ business, before I ever was in ministry, pastors, you know, when you're in the piano and organ business, like all your instruments come from music stores, and I had a music store, and uh, I had both malls in our county and a warehouse, music stores, and um, I just, I was, as I would minister or talk to pastors, many times they'd come there and they'd be discouraged and we'd go in the back room and I'd pray with them. I'll never forget it. And every now and then they would invite me to come preach at their church. I wasn't a preacher. I was a layman, but I enjoyed going because I loved sharing and I never would let them give me an offering. I was doing great in life. I didn't need an offering and I never would let them give me an offering because I wanted to pour into them and I didn't want it to seem self-serving. And so... Um, that's the way I would go, and I would present uh, the gospel to them in, in some areas. But uh, when the Lord dropped this in my heart about this, I, I, I've titled it First Things, But First. I want you to just say out loud, But First. And it reminded me of First Kings. We know the whole story of Elijah, the Tishbite. Elijah was a prophet of God, and he was a prophet during the time of Ahab the king, a very wicked king. And um, he'd actually told Ahab, he said, the word of the Lord came to me and said, there's going to be no rain except at my word for the next foreseeable future. And Ahab despised the prophet Elijah because his words came true. And he knew that anything that Elijah said was going to happen and he wanted to destroy him, but the Lord would show him how to be so that Ahab couldn't get to him. Interesting story. Anyhow, the Lord said to him, to Elijah, he said, I want you to go to uh, Shereth. It's, it's a brook. And I want you to stay by the brook Shereth. I want you to hide there. And I want you to stay there during this time. And he said, uh, I'm going to send you ravens in the morning and ravens in the evening to feed you, and you'll buy, be by a brook so you can have plenty to drink, plenty of water to drink. So anyhow, long story short, Elijah goes, he says, stays by the brook Shereth. The ravens came in the morning and fed him, in the afternoon and fed him. But the day came, the Bible says, when the brook dried up. So there were two things going on. One supernatural provision, God was providing for Elijah, supernaturally through the ravens morning and evening, but he is providing for him naturally in the water being in the brook. And now the brook's dried up. But I want you to know something. When the brook dries up, God is not out of business. Tell somebody something. Say, even when the brook dries up, God has a plan, and his plan will always, always, always work. Come on and shout and give him praise. And he said, now I want you to go to Zarephath because there's a little widow woman I'm going to use to sustain you and her family through this famine. I want us to pick up there in 1 Kings, uh, beginning around verse 8. It says this. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, 
and said, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Matter of fact, when Jesus talked about this, he said he was sent to none other but to this widow, even though there were many widows in Israel, he was sent to this particular widow in Zidon, in Zarephath, who belongs to Sidon and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, now this is really interesting, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as long as the Lord our God lives, I want you to know I have nothing baked. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. Now listen to this. And now I am going to prepare it for myself and son that we may eat and die. Now, that's pretty desperate, isn't it? Wouldn't you agree with that? And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first. I want everybody in this room to say, but first. first. One more time, "But but first. But first, make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and for your son. Now listen to this, for thus says the Lord. Would you say that with me? For thus says the Lord. How many of you have been in a jam and the word of the Lord would come to you? How many of you can remember a time when everything looked desperate? Nothing looked like it was going to work, but the word of the Lord came to you. Hallelujah. I could tell you story after story after story. When my back was to a wall, sometimes the cash flow in my business would get very drained. I'd have plenty of product, but all the cash flow was gone and your back's to a wall. I never forget it. And as I would seek the Lord and walk with him in the middle of the night, just walk back and forth and walk back and forth. Sometimes his presence would fill that little room so much. It was about a 16 by 32 room I'd built for toys for my kids, a a toy room. And I'd go back there and pray because it's just straight praying. And I'd get in there sometimes and the glory of the Lord would fall in that room and be with me. And he would give me instructions because my back was to a wall. I'll tell you, he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He is the God who's more than enough. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He will do exceeding abundantly above anything that we could ask or think according to his power that's at work in us. You know, it's according to his power. Again, it's not by our power. It's by his power. And this is a beautiful example of what God did. He says, do not fear, but first make a little cake. And bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, until that day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Now notice this. It would have done her no good if this next verse were were not in there. And she went and did as Elijah said, And she and he and her household ate for many days. Now listen to this. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke to Elijah. Hallelujah. 
I don't know how God multiplies what we have. I don't know how God makes a way where there seems to be no way. I don't know how God can come in the middle of our lives and turn things around in such a supernatural way. But I know many, many times, not every time, but many, many times when your back's to a wall, when you don't know which way to go and you don't know what the circumstance is going to be, he will come and give you directions. He will lead you by his spirit. He will show you a way out. Hallelujah. Because he's a God again who can do more than we can even ask or think. Hallelujah. Come on and give him praise. And say out loud, I believe that. It's another story in the book of Luke. Peter and his fishing crew had toiled all night. They hadn't caught one fish. They'd caught nothing. And Jesus comes on the scene. And uh, he says to them, uh, he comes and he sees them washing their nets and getting all fixed up. And he comes to them and he says, lend me your boat. He got into the boat. He pushed out from the shore. He began to talk to them and minister the word of life to them. And when he got all finished, he says to Peter, go back out and let down your net. And they said, Lord, we've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. Now notice this. Nevertheless, at your word, and they went out, and the boat was filled. It was actually large fish. They had more fish than they knew what to do with. They even had to call their friends to come, and all boats were about to sink through the blessing that God. How did it start? Jesus came, and he said, loan me something. Give me something. So I'm here today. I want everybody to relax. You know what I don't like? I don't like sermons about you give this and you get that and you give this and you get that. That is not where I'm coming from today. I want you to know where I'm coming from. I'm coming from a way to get you out of situations by being obedient to the word of the Lord. And his word is different in so many ways. Hallelujah. I've heard people get up and preach on giving and they they honestly aren't honest about it. I don't think he put a percentage to what God will and won't do. I believe God will do what he said he would do. Hallelujah. And he said in his word, but seek you first. Now that doesn't mean only. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I remember years ago learning how to follow the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take this down with me come down for a minute. But I remember just how I would learn to follow the Holy Spirit. It was in a lot of different ways. I remember one time I'd gone to church. I was actually helping a young man. Uh, we were friends start a church. I, I asked my pastor, is it okay if I go down and help this guy for a few months? And he certainly agreed to do that. It was during one of these times that I was there that we had a guest speaker. And he came in. He was a great man. He did a wonderful job ministering. And so the pastor invited me to go out to eat with him uh, that, that particular morning after church. And so we're together. And uh, uh, We'd had, like I said, a wonderful time. But all of a sudden, the word of the Lord came to me. This man had a 13-year-old daughter. And uh, I had no idea what I was getting ready to do, but the Lord said this to me. He said, buy her a pair of glasses, eyeglasses. Well, let me tell you what was confusing about it. She already had on a pair of glasses. Lord, she doesn't need glasses. She's got glasses on. And I 
little bit internally argued over it because it was brand new to me. I didn't even understand these kinds of things. But he just kept impressing me. Buy her a pair of glasses. Well, she's 13 years of age. I'm a young man. I'm certainly not going to go buy her a pair of glasses. But I went to her parents and I said, who was the preacher for the guest preacher? I said, I don't know how to say this, but the Lord wants me to buy your daughter a new pair of glasses, reading glasses, and the mother, she started shouting and praising the Lord. She opened up her purse, and right on the top was a prescription for a pair of glasses that they needed for their daughter. I'm telling you, if you just learn to follow God, that brought me such blessing. You know it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I learned the secret a long time ago. It's not so much about what I get. It's what I get to give. Hallelujah. I love making somebody happy. I love being able to do something else for somebody else. I love to be God's answer for their life. Hallelujah. I mean that with every five. There's nothing thrills me as much as being able to bless people. And I mean it's been little things like that. And then I remember when I first started, I, uh, you know, my, my tithe wouldn't have been much because I wasn't making much. I was in a piano and organ business, but I was just, I was just starting out. I wasn't making much money. And I remember the Lord impressing me. Now, I, wanna, I want you to understand this. This may not be what he tells you. Do you understand that? I, I want to put a disclaimer on that because he's got instructions for each of us that differ. Amen. So I don't want you to follow what I did. I want you to follow the principle of what I did. I want you to hear the principle of what I'm teaching, not the act of what I did. But he impressed on me. I want you, now this is way back now, 50 years ago. Now it didn't sound like much now, but back then it was a lot for me. He said, I want you to start giving $50 a week. Never forget it. So faithfully, I started giving. Now, now my tithe would have been maybe $25, $20, something like that. But he said, I want you to give. So I knew that covered my tithe, and I knew it covered an offering. And so I'm being obedient, and I just start. Now, you understand back then, uh, all income was personal income because your business was small. It was a subchapter S corporation. It hadn't become a major corporation. So I just started obeying the Lord, and I saw over a few months my income come to be above that. And then I raised it to $100 a week. And I kept right on watching the Lord. I just kept obeying. I kept right on doing what he said to me. And all of a sudden, my income is $1,000 a week. And I'm just telling you, and then I increased it again, $150 a week. I gave that faithfully, faithfully, faithfully. And over time, I came up to $300 a week. I was giving that. That's way back a lot of years ago. And I saw God do amazing things for me just through that simple obedience. But there were other times that he would impress on me to do extra. I remember one time I had this organ, a Hammond organ. And uh, I was in the piano and organ business, and I, I'd gone out to speak, as I said, some in churches. And I had a, I had a, a, a man there in my business that would go with me. Uh, he would play for the services when we would go. And I had, the, I had ordered this beautiful Hammond organ with a Leslie speaker, and it was a portable so that I could take it with me anywhere I wanted to go. But at the time, it was prime, just a prime instrument. So I remember the Lord starting to deal with me. I want you to give that to Africa. Now, this is my prime instrument. You need to hear this. I loved that, that keyboard. I played keyboard myself, had somebody help me with it. But So the next thing you know, I send this off to 
Brother Stewart, David Stewart in India. And I ship it over there and uh, through the Assemblies of God at the time. And, and that's, I was a member of the, of the Assembly of God Church. And so I sent my organ over there. And I started getting letters back with pictures of the people that would come just from being able to hear that electronic organ. And it was amazing the, the thousands of people who would come just because of the music. And I felt like I had a little part of that. And it was amazing how God just blessed my business over and over and over and over. But his little things, just obedient, little obedient things. I remember years later, I was at Ramah. Brother Hagin was my spiritual father. And I'd have done anything for him that the Lord would put on my heart because I so loved him. I honored him. You get in his presence and he was a genuine man of God. And so he's one person I refer to a lot because I, I was around his character. He came visited our church over the years numerous times. I remember there were times he would sit in our house. I, Sean, uh, Walt's dad, Sean, who's now the pastor of our church. My older son, Reggie Jr., my younger son, Josh. Brother Hagin and Mom Hagin would sit in there. I remember one night particularly for four hours after dinner and just poured into our family. So I wanted to do something for him. I'm speaking at camp meeting out in Tulsa. He invited me to be one of the, speaker, the guest speakers. And I was praying in the afternoon, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And I got this figure. Now, I'm going to share this because I just want you to hear it's not the amount, it's obedience. But the amount was larger than I had given up until that point. It was $75,000. I'm in my room. I'm walking. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. It was what they call Raymond night. It was on Thursday night. That's the night they took the offering at camp meeting for the special offerings. And I'm just walking and praying. And every time I'd keep getting that amount. Now, I'd have done more if he'd have told me because I actually had more I could have done. But I just thought, that's the amount he's told me. I'm going to obey him. And I did. I, I wrote that check out and I obeyed the Lord. And it was the largest offering at the time I'd ever given. And I want you to know something. It wasn't 10 days until I got back to our church. Until somebody came with an offering. They said, Pastor Reggie, we want to see you. And they told me about this thing. And they brought us a check. You ready for this? For $805,000, this is a true story, what I'm telling you, and we took that money and put it right in an account because we were going to build a new church in time. And we took that money and set it aside as if we didn't even get it. Just set it aside. And it's a part of that thing. So under my podium, or our podium now, as my son's there now, but I'm still there, but I'm just saying he's the pastor. But under that podium, in, in glass, is a Bible signed by Brother Hagin because I saw how those things worked in my life as a young man. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is a good God. Now, I want you to hear this. You're at different stations in life. It might be $5. I mean, you'll, you'll think this is the funniest thing you've ever heard. But I remember one time saying, Lord, I've got everything that I want. I've got everything I need. But it would mean a lot to me if somebody would just come up to me and tell me that you told them to give me just a little amount of money. Is that fair? True story. And because I wanted to know God was with me. I knew he was with me, but I wanted to see it. And this little lady in our church reminds me of the little woman of Zarephath. Now, I didn't need this. 
But this little woman came up to me only a few days after I'd prayed this prayer. And she says, Pastor Reggie, I feel in my heart I'm supposed to give you $15. That $15 meant more to me than $150,000 would have meant. It was not the amount. It was that I knew God was with me, and I knew that these principles work, and I know that they're true. And I don't even like to preach them because there's been so much abuse about money in the body of Christ. But I want you to know something. God knows you. He cares about you. He'll make a way for you. And sometimes he wants you to do something lesser that he can do something bigger. Hallelujah. Come on and shout and give him praise in this house. Just lift your hands and give him glory. And say out loud, I believe that. I believe that. Over the years, over and over and over, I've had wonderful things like that through a word of knowledge or through an impression of the Spirit or just some situation. I remember one time I was in a jam. How many of you ever been in a jam? I had, like I said, I, I had this piano and organ store, and the, there was a guy that had a, a place called, um, oh, I can't remember, Goody Barn. The name, the name of this business was Goody Barn. And Goody Barn would buy out products and bring them in our, in, you know, sell them in the community. Well, one of the products he bought, there had been the Lowry Organ Company. I had Lowry Organ franchise for our area, but you couldn't help if there had been a water damage or a fire damage, and they bought the products. And so this guy had bought right at Christmas time, and it was going to, he had bought all of these products, and they were selling them. Now, I'm, going to have, I'm the dealer, so I'm going to have to make good on what they sell because of the fact that the, the uh, warranty works through my store. So I'm before the Lord, and I'm praying, and I'm asking the Lord what to do. I'm in a jam. How many of you ever been in a jam? See, this works in every category of life. I'm in a jam. I don't know what to do. What, what is the first thing you do when you're in a jam? You go to the Lord. What is the first thing you do when you're in trouble? You go to the Lord. What is the first thing you do when things aren't working and it doesn't look like there's any way? You go before the Lord. So I go before the Lord, and the Lord said to me, just as clearly, and I'm, when I say said to me, I'm, this is cumulative. He doesn't speak to me that often. You know, some people, you talk to them, I mean, they'll tell you every five minutes the Lord says, it's not that way with me. Sometimes it's weeks and months between sayings. I want you to know that. But these, so I'm cumulatively just giving you this. He said, go buy all of them. In other words, go buy everything that they're selling. And then he impressed on me, and called the manufacturer, because there's only a little water damage out on the cat, and they weren't even damaged, they just cleaned it off, but just on the product, so it wasn't hurting the product. He said, go call the manufacturer and tell them that you're going to use it as a Christmas special, and you want, and you want them to back up the warranty. Did you know that dilemma turned into one of the greatest Christmases we ever had in a, just a word of the Lord? Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands up and say, just a word of the Lord can make all the difference in the world. You see, if we're led by the Spirit, this is so many times what I see missing in the Word of Faith camp. They get legal. It's legalism sometimes. Now, I'm a faith man. You please, please hear me in this. But I used to go and they'd say there's seven steps to this and seven steps to that and 12 steps to this and all this. And, and there's certainly examples of good steps. You, there's nothing wrong with that. I just want you to hear this. But sometimes people only give the steps as something mechanical when God has something of the Spirit. And he'll impress you to do something of the Spirit that makes the difference in your life.
that makes a breakthrough possible for you. And it's not the amount. Turn point somebody says, not the amount. You see, I mean this when I say it. I, I mean this from my heart. I wish I were in a position today that I had somebody, I had Walt back there in the back as you go out and he'd just hand everybody as they go out the door $1,000. I'd give anything in the world if I was in a position to do that because I love people. Yeah, and I'm tell you something, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They, they don't. You're, what you know doesn't mean anything to them. How much you care means everything to them. My heart is I would love to do that, but I can't. I, I've been well blessed in my life, but I couldn't do that. But I tell you what I can do. I can give you what I have that you can do. And that's what he said to me sometimes. How many of you believe in God for something today? Might be something in your body. Might be something in your marriage. Might be something in your children. It might be something in your, in your financial situation. There's something. Most everybody in this room has something. Well, what is the secret to that something? Being led of the Spirit. Do you know what the balance to faith is? It's being led of the Spirit. That's exactly what the balance to faith is. Faith is important. Faith is good. Without faith, we can't please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. He says, without it, you can't please him. So we have to have faith. Thank God for faith. But you know what directs faith? It's a word from the Lord. Amen. Elijah wasn't just sitting there saying, I'm going to stop rain. Uh, he didn't do that. No, the word of the Lord came unto him and said, only at your word am I going to send rain. You go tell Ahab that only at my word is there any rain coming. And so they're looking for him. They want to kill him. Well, can you imagine if they had killed him? He wouldn't have, they'd have never gotten another word of the Lord and they'd have starved every one of them. Right? So he'd just go hide. The Lord would tell him where to go hide, where to get away from him. And one day he said to Ahab's friend, he said, you go find him, Obadiah. You go find him, and you tell him what to go tell Ahab. And Obadiah said, yeah, but if I tell him and it doesn't come to pass, he's going to kill me. He said, yes, but it will come to pass. And then he told him, you'll, you'll love this. After they, they had come to the screeching halt, they finally turned around from their sinful ways, and, they, and Ahab didn't know what to do. And, the, and finally the prophet came to him, and he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Glory to God. How many of you hear a sound in this room today of abundance of rain? I hear the sound of abundance of rain. But you know what? It never started raining when he said that. Elijah went out and he looked. He told his servant Gehazi, go look. And he came back. He said, the clouds are, there are no clouds in the sky. It's clear. He said, go again. He came back, same report. There's nothing happening in the skies. You know how it is when it's getting ready to rain, there's dark clouds gathering, you hear some thunder sometimes, and there was none of that. Nothing was happening. It looked like the third time. Go again. After he'd gone his seventh time, he finally comes back and he says, Elijah, I see a cloud. Listen to this. About the size of a man's hand. He said, you go tell Ahab 
Get in your chariot because the rain's going to outcome if he doesn't get moving. Oh, hallelujah. It may not look like it the first time. It may not look like it the second time. It may not even look like it the third time or the fourth time or the fifth time or the sixth time. But the perfect number is the seventh time. Walking around those walls seven times. And on the seventh day, they went seven more. Oh, hallelujah. Come on and give God praise in this house today. I tell you, he wanted to encourage you today. I want to encourage you today because these things are special and they're precious. And there's nobody here going to force anybody to do anything. I ask you not to move ever. When somebody comes with compulsion, don't move. Move by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Learn to be led of the Holy Spirit because he will lead you to do something lesser so that he can do something greater. If you remember the story of Melchizedek, in um, Hebrews, the seventh chapter. Melchizedek was a type of Christ. He didn't have beginning of days nor ending, but was likened to the Son of God. Melchizedek met Abraham coming from a slaughter. He'd gone to defend his family. And he had this stuff, and Abraham had this stuff. And he comes to Melchizedek, and Abraham was impressed of God you give a tithe of all that you have to this type of Christ. You see, Hebrews says, here men that die receive the tithe, but he there that ever liveth receiveth them. Hallelujah. So when you give something this morning, when you gave your offering this morning, you gave to Jesus. Hallelujah. You gave to the Lord. Aren't you glad for that? And he's the one who multiplies our seed sown. Glory to God. I'm so grateful for that. He'll stop something from breaking in your house. He'll, get, he'll make a, I'm just telling you, God, God will do it. God will do it. He loves you. He, uh-uh. And he knows all about it. And he makes provision. Come on, lift your hands and give him honor. Give him honor. There's a pureness in the things of the Spirit if we will not make them impure. There's a pureness at loving Jesus and walking with Jesus and letting him show you, just giving you simple instructions. There's a pureness that's not motivated by greed. It's not motivated by fear. It's just loving the Lord and letting him work things out for your life. So many times, God will impress you. Years ago, I'm sitting in a store in Winter Haven. I had a store over there also. Business was tight. Things were tight. And the Lord just dealt with me. I was already a tither. I've mentioned that. I, I believe your tithe belongs in your local church. This is where you get your food. I believe the tithe belongs to the local church. I've heard preachers say you can send them your tithe. That's not scriptural. It says bring the tithe into the storehouse. That's, that's where you're fed, right here in this house. And, uh, and I know you're fed in this house. But he said bring you all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And so this is what Abraham, he knew the principle of the tithe. And he took a tithe of what he had and he gave it to Melchizedek, the type of Christ. And it says, the lesser, that was the giver, was blessed by the greater. How's he going to do it? I don't know. 
but I know he will. He's not a man that he would lie or the son of man that he'd have to repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? And he says, yes, he will. So lift your hands up this morning. Some of you, you're young, and if you'll get a hold of these principles, and it won't be all about you, it'll be about through you. Now, as you do things through you, things come to you, and he'll take care of you. But if it all becomes just about you, you clog up the drain. But when it becomes about others, and the first place is the house of the Lord, that's where he spreads such good word. What, that's what you're getting this morning. You're getting the word of the Lord. That's what he said to me sitting in my house before church. Sometimes when God wants to do something bigger, he uses us to do something lesser. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship him a few minutes. I want to turn this into a few moments of prayer. Would you do that with me? I believe in principles. The Bible even says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ. In other words, building upon them. Don't keep tearing them up. Build upon them. Go on to perfection. And one of those perfections is faith towards God. Not laying that again. You already have that, so stay with that. Faith in God. Just say out loud, Lord, I believe that you can do anything. That nothing is impossible with you. For Lord, I open up my heart for the greater good, the greater thing. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, I love you. Oh, oh yeah. Church, let him just go ahead, just be praying. Go ahead and just let his spirit fall upon you. He cares about you. You say, well, I think he cares about the person beside me. No, he does care about them, but he cares about you also. He knows every need you have today. He's got a way. He'll make a way where there is no way. He'll give you a plan. He'll give you a thought. He'll give you an impression. He'll give you a word of knowledge. He'll give you a word of wisdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on and let him work through you. Glory to God and give him praise in his house.